God is faithful. I'm Mark and Val, and I love you guys. You guys really are amazing. I'm fortunate to have a lot of people in my life who really genuinely love the Lord. They genuinely love the Lord. And God's been faithful to place those people in my life through every season of my life. Even when I was unfaithful, He would still plant the faithful next to me. It's the goodness of God. It is. Alright, so today I'm going to open up uh, in Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to start at verse 15. This is what the Apostle Paul says. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power unto us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which power, the same power that he used when he raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. The apostle Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus was that God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, would grant unto the church all knowledge and wisdom and revelation of who the Father was. That the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, would be opened that they might know what is the hope of His calling. The hope of His calling. The expectation of when He calls you. That word hope, expectation. What you should be expecting because you received a call from the Lord. And what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Whose inheritance? Yes, the Lord's. What is the Lord going to inherit out of all this? Because we know we've inherited sonship. We know that we've inherited the kingdom of God. But God is actually expecting an inheritance to come from the earth. And He's looking at His inheritance will be children. That's amazing, ain't it? That God says that you're my inheritance? I mean, because we think of ourselves and we don't think of ourselves on that level. I don't anyway, and I don't believe anyone here does. We don't think, wow, God, 
you know, I'll let you inherit me. <laughs> no. But he says, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints? And then it says, and what is the exceeding greatness, the abundant greatness, exceeding greatness, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power unto us, unto those, in those who believe? And then it says that it's the exact same power that he used when he raised Christ from the dead. And we've been given the newness of life, the same as Christ, when he became sin for us. The scripture says God made him to be sin who knew no sin. And the reason why he did this is so that we could become, so that we could actually become something. And it says the righteousness of God in Christ. I can never be unrighteous anymore in the sight of God because I'm eternally secure because I'm eternally found. Once he found me, I'll never be lost again. Once I found him, He'll never let me be lost again. Even at times where I fail, where I feel like I don't measure up, God is always enough. He really is. He says that I've loved you with an everlasting love. I mean, Jeremiah was called from his mother's womb, Gary. David said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And the scripture says that we've been predestined in Christ. And we look at a Jeremiah and a David and we say, man, these guys were called from their mother's womb. Well, we were called not just from our mother's womb, but from the first generation after Jesus died. We were predestined in him, which means he looked into our timeline and he said, I choose you. And we said, I choose you. I agree with your choice. And all of a sudden, because we agreed with his choice, we became chosen. <laughs> a royal priesthood, the scripture says. We shine bright like stars in the universe. And you look at the stars, even the Milky Way, you can see all the stars. And when God looks at the earth, I believe the scripture is true that we shine bright like stars in the universe. We're bright spots in this earth. We are. It says in Ephesians that you who were once alienated, far off from God, away from Him, enemies in your mind, He said that He has brought you near, and then it says by the blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that qualifies us to come near to God. And once you have that blood, that's why there's a mercy seat. Because we can come unto the throne of grace and receive grace and mercy. That mercy seat that they shed blood upon every single year in an old covenant has been applied to the doorposts of our heart, the scripture says. Amen. Which means the death messenger can't get in here. You might be able to get in here, but you can't get in here. You can't. You can't kill what's inside of here. That's the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. We're victorious. If we won't stop, the enemy will. 
Because the Spirit of God never grows weary. It doesn't. And it says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a promise unto us of strength renewal because we were willing to be patient. Even lions and youths and and strong men, that they grow weary and they faint. It says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall mount up on wings as eagles, which means that you will fly, soar high above, be able to see everything below you. Not only is the wingspan of an eagle phenomenal, the eyesight of an eagle is phenomenal. They can see at a great distance into the water from all the way up in the sky, which gives them an advantage over their prey. And now that we're eagles soaring high with the Lord like that, the things that are beneath us, which we were prey of the enemy, we're no longer his prey anymore. He became ours. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power unto us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, the same power he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principalities, above, we got the eagle's view. But now, because we've been placed in Christ, we're seated with Him in heavenly places, we have the eagle view. We're far above. It's not just Jesus. It's not just Jesus, because we're far above all powers, the Scripture just said. Principalities, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And the Father put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. The thing is, is that the Father put all things under Christ's feet. And then it says that He's the head and we're the body. Where are the feet of the body found? They're found in the earth still, according to the Scripture. And it said that He put all things under His feet. We find out that the feet are in the body of Christ, that all things are under our feet. He gave Him to be the head over all things. He gave Him to be the head over all things. Supreme Ruler. Final authority. And a scripture in Colossians says that he had given him the name which is above every name. But then we find out that we have that name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, whether they be seen, unseen, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Does that mean that he's Savior? No, but he's Lord. What he says goes. And what we say, because we bear his name and we use his name, goes. That means when we tell the enemy in the name of Jesus, I tell you to stop, he has no other option but to bow his knee because the Lord is the authority and the final authority. 2 Corinthians chapter 
5, verse 19, and it says to understand that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you, we beg you, in the place of Christ, that means that we carry the ability because we carry the same power that raised Christ from the dead inside of us. We have the ability to speak to somebody as in the place of Christ. That's what the scripture just said. I stand in the office that Jesus stood upon in the earth, which is a son filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, be reconciled because we've received something. We've received Jesus's ministry. Jesus's ministry wasn't just a ministry of reconciliation. It was a ministry of power. It was a ministry that was provided for. It was a ministry where Jesus could literally hear the Holy Spirit and be able to follow the direction that he was given. That spirit empowered him to say no to what he should have said no to and yes to the things that he should have said yes to. No man would have the ability after fasting 40 days and 40 nights in the desert to actually withstand the enemy who was in authority at that time and say to him, I'm not going to turn these stones into bread. I'm not going to just commit suicide and throw myself off of here. I'm not going to bow down and worship you. No man would have that ability. But because that spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you, you have that ability right there. But where the enemy would come to tempt you, whether to do something in the flesh or whether even like that, throw yourself, prove God then, or bow down and worship me where he would have that ability to come unto you like that, now we have the ability through Jesus to bind all his ability. He lost his power over us. We've been translated, the scripture says, out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. He lost his power over us. He has no more power. The only place that he tries to get power now is here. Because if he can make you believe a lie, then you'll live subject to a lesser power instead of operating in the power that you have inside of you. That same power that raised Christ from the dead. And we've received that same spirit and we received that same ministry of reconciliation, which was given to Jesus as a son. And then the scripture says that we're sons of God, co-heirs with Christ which means we inherit on the same level that he did. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did speak to you by us. I love that. We're ambassadors of Christ as if God did speak to you through us. When I came to the Lord, God spoke through Mark to me. Because he was standing in the ministry of reconciliation. 
He received the ministry of Jesus and he walked in it. Anything that we receive from God, we're allowed to walk in. We're encouraged to walk in. We're his workmanship, created in Christ. We've been created anew in Christ. Actually, if I would have started at verse 17 in chapter 5, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have vanished, passed away, and behold, look at, consider, all things have become new. All things have become new. That old man is dead. I've been risen with Christ. Look, we really are risen with Him. Because He lives, I live also. Ain't that what it says in John chapter 14? Jesus said, I'm going away and the world sees me no more. He said, but you see me. He said, because I live, you shall live also. And he said, in that day, and I say in this day, you shall know that Jesus is in the Father and you are in Him and He is in you. We're all one together with the Father because as saints, as children, we are God's inheritance in the earth. We are his inheritance. That means at the end of everything he's done in this world, he's going to measure his wealth by his children. Oh, God help us to make him rich. Verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did speak to you through us. We pray you, and Christ said, in the place of Christ, be reconciled to God. For He made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Chapter 6, verse 1. We then, as workers together with Him, we speak to you also, do not receive the grace of God in vain. What do you think that it means to receive the grace of God in vain? If you was to receive the grace of God in vain, is grace the ability to just forgive your sins? Have we limited grace to just the ability to forgive your sins? In a lot of our minds, we think that grace is God's ability to forgive our sins. No, the blood of Jesus was God's ability to forgive our sins. We were brought nigh by the blood of Jesus. Then what is grace then? How could it be received in vain? Verse 2, For He said, I have heard you in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I saved you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. According to this verse and to the previous verses there in chapter 5 that I read, to receive the grace of God in vain, it would be you not trusting in your covenant. It would be you referring to yourself still as unrighteous. It would be you still holding your sins against yourself. Because the end of the previous chapter said, for he made him to be sin who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God. 
If you believe that your less than righteousness or your sins are still held against you, then the grace of God was empty on your behalf. Because grace didn't forgive your sins, the blood of Jesus did. Grace empowered you through another spirit. That's the grace of God. It's made you a child. He has made you a child. In the day of salvation, He said, I saved you. He didn't say, I continually saved you. He said, in that day when you were saved, you were saved. That's the end of it. In the day you were saved, you were saved. In the acceptable time. And the acceptable in the Greek means favor. In the favorable time. Behold, now. Now. Anytime you say now, it always brings it to the present. Because now is the day where you walk out your salvation. Now is the day where we don't receive the grace of God in vain anymore. I won't turn back to the mind state that says I'm unrighteous. I won't turn back to a mind state that says I have to beg God and maybe He'll hear me. I won't turn back to that. For I know my Father hears me. And because I know He hears me, then I know that I have the desires which I have requested of Him. But if you don't know you're heard because you think you still have sin, you're only alienated in your mind because the blood of Jesus has brought you into the presence of the Lord. You're accepted because of the blood, and the blood is always speaking. It's always speaking life, even in the places where you see death. The blood has been applied to the doorposts of our heart. That means when you try to come in here, it doesn't matter because there's blood that's covering this place. I was redeemed by the blood of Jesus, not blood of bulls and goats. You were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Nothing can take away your salvation. But the sad thing is, is that a lot of Christians receive the grace of God in vain. That they still live like that. And if you think like that, as a man thinks, the Scripture says, so is he. If you think like that, you'll be like that. That's why you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because your spirit has already been made new. You can't look like God any more on the inside than you do right now. That's why we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because it's God that works in us both the will and to be able to do the things which He desires. The fear that the Apostle Paul is talking about in Philippians 2 there when he says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, he's talking about not relying on your flesh. Be afraid to put any confidence in your own ability. The Apostle Paul is the one who said we put no confidence in the flesh. Even though he said, I have reason to, if any man else does, he said, I have more of a reason to. He said he was circumcised the eighth day. He was born a Hebrew of the stock of Benjamin. He pertained to the, to the lineage of Benjamin. He was trained from a child in the Holy Scriptures. And he said all that didn't matter anything to him once he seen Jesus once he encountered Jesus on his Damascus road. 
where everything that he seen was stripped from him and he was struck with blindness, where he didn't eat or drink anything for three days. And the Lord appeared to him and he seen in a vision a man. Because sometimes when we can't see with our natural eyes, God can cause us to see and hear. He can cause us to see in our spirit. It doesn't matter what's going on out here, even if there's darkness all around. He's seen a man named Ananias come and lay hands on him. And scales, the stuff that was blinding the apostle Paul's eyes, fell off of his eyes, and he seen. And straightway he was baptized and received the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Can you receive the grace of God without the Spirit of God? No. <laughs> you cannot receive the grace of God without the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit is the one who brings in the grace. All ability, working on your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions. You cannot receive the grace of God without the Spirit of God. But because you have the Spirit, all grace abound towards you all grace, all God's ability is extended towards us because of this great, precious Holy Spirit which lives inside of us. Trust me, we don't need a good message. We need a real encounter. We need to know those things that are inside of us. We need to be assured of them. Last week I was praying for the kids and I was just asking the Lord, Lord, they need to know your presence. I know your presence. But I know my girls. I know mercy, grace, and faithy. I know them. And without the presence of God, a message will not help them in life. They need to know His presence. We need to know His presence. Because you don't put confidence in a message, you put confidence in a person. If I need help with something, if I need something moved, I don't need to know what Mark thinks about moving. I don't. I need his help. I need you here. I won't be able to do it without you. It doesn't matter what he thinks about moving. If he doesn't show up and actually help me, but that's like Bill Johnson said, that's sometimes what we center around. We center around a message. And he said the early church centered around the presence. That they believed that when they got together, that the presence of God would be there. Everyone says, well, you can have this alone with God. Yes, you can. But it should be operating and functioning at such a high degree in the churches that when people come in, the presence of God smacks them in the face. It's true. Because we're all here. Like Mark said, with the quilt, many different pieces pieced together to even form different pictures on the same blanket that clothes you, that warms you, that wraps you up. And we're all many different pieces. But when we all come together, we complete the whole blanket. And we give warmth to the whole body. Because we shine like stars in the universe. When God wonders and stands in marvel, it's not at Milky Ways and solar systems. 
He looks at the stars that he himself planted in the earth. And he said, I know that one by name. I know that one by name. I know that one by name. I know those two by name. I even know how to locate them. And the thing is, is that we're shining bright for him. This is what he's made us. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. He was in Christ reconciling the world back unto himself. I have been reconciled. As far as God is concerned, every person in the world has already been reconciled. It's about them coming in to what's already been done. It's about them coming in, allowing themselves to be reconciled. Because the only place that anyone is ever an enemy to God is in your mind. In your mind. If you're spiritually against God, you're not an enemy to God, you're dead to God. You're not even alive. You're not alive to God if you're spiritually dead. We then, as workers together with the Lord, we beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he said, I have heard you in an accepted time, and in the day of salvation I saved you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What I believe that God wants to make us aware of is that our righteousness was a one-time event. Our salvation was a one-time event. Our righteousness was a one-time event. We became righteous the moment that we accepted Jesus. And because I have a right standing with the Father through the Son, that I can ask the Father anything in the name of Jesus, and it'll be done for me. The only place where that confidence is stripped away is when we put the confidence in our ability or what we've done or in a work of the flesh or look into the flesh in order to actually get something from God. When the blood of Jesus purchased everything that we ever need, See, we were purchased to God by the blood of Jesus. But everything that was God's was purchased to us by that same blood. Everything. Because he said, when the spirit of truth comes, which I will send from the Father, he will take of mine and reveal it to you. And he said, I said that he'll take of mine and reveal it to you because everything that the Father has, has been given to me. And we're in Christ, which means that that blood, that blood that purchased us to God, purchased everything that God has and brought it to us. And that's why Jesus said, that's why I said he would take of the Father. He would take of mine, because everything the Father has, has been given unto me. And then he says to the disciples, he said, behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom. I have keys to my mom's house. The only reason why I have keys to her house is because if I need anything, I have the ability to go there and unlock the door and have access to anything in the house. And he's given us keys to the kingdom of God. He goes on to say that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Everyone just associates that with just binding and loosening. No, it's, it's kingdom power. 
It's kingdom power given to a man that if you bind anything on earth, it first came from heaven. If you loose anything on earth, it first came from heaven. There's nothing in heaven to loose or to bind. He's talking about the authority that he's given you because he's given you keys. They come from heaven. And we've been born into a kingdom. That's why I love what David Hogan says when he said, I'm a child born in Zion. I picked that up because I believe it was the Holy Spirit. And I say the same thing. I'm a child born in Zion. I was born in the city of God. I was born in the city of the great king. You were too. You were born there. You have citizen rights. You have kingdom rights. See, everyone's looking to the king. And we should look to the king. Don't get me wrong. But the king is looking at us and said that I have made you. I have sent you here so that we can rule this place together. Have dominion over all the works of my hands. By the way, here's the greatest gift you'll ever receive. The Holy Spirit. Give them the grace. My ability working on their behalf to change the landscape and the environment of the world. And he still says to us, just like he did Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. But now he's saying, fill the earth with my glory. Amen. Because we shine. We stand in the ministry of of reconciliation. We've received adoption that purchased us to be sons the blood of Jesus my conscience is clean now through the blood of Christ he cleansed my conscience from dead works there was a lot of dead works in there Gary (laughs) but you know what even with all the dead works that was in there it just took one drop that's how powerful the blood is one drop of the blood of Jesus cleansed my conscience from all those dead works and now guess what I serve the living God. I'm a son of God. I was born in the city of God. I'm a child of Zion. I bear the name of the king. And he's the king of kings and lord of lords. You know how many times that the scripture says to comfort our hearts? All scripture was given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable. That all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. All of them in Christ are yes and amen. We have a good Father, like Val said this morning. We have a good Father. And He only desires good for us. That's all He desires. But when He saved us, He didn't just save us. He made us anew. When He saved us, we became something. And the thing that we became was the righteousness of God in Christ. And the Apostle Paul in the King James Version of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he said, We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you, we beg you, also that you would not receive the grace of God in vain. 
that you would realize that in the day of salvation, He saved you. That in His time of favor, He heard you. And then He says, today is the day of salvation. Today is that accepted time. Today, it's your today. Today we live in acceptable time of the Lord and we've been accepted. See, we can allow all grace to abound towards us. Grace is the ability of God. Grace always partners with mercy and always shows us love and kindness. The grace of God never judges us. All judgment was placed upon Christ. The grace of God is sent to sustain us. It's not the ability to forgive sin. That's the blood of Jesus. But the grace of God allows the blood to take effect because it never happened. It doesn't act like it never happened. It never happened. The only place that sin or unworthiness or anything else, the only place that that exists is in your mind or somebody else's. Because it's not in the mind of God. And of course, you know, the, the blood has been applied to the doorpost of your heart. It's not in your spirit. The only place it can reside is in your mind. And if you believe the lie, the grace of God becomes vain. Because the whole time it's there, grace is trying to empower you past that. So that you can stand and say, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. And the devil says, yeah, but I've seen your weakness. Say, well, I'm more than that. I'm more than what I did. I'm more than a conqueror. Because the, the strength of Christ is inside me. And you might laugh, pertaining to the devil, you might laugh when I fall, but you won't when I get up. Because the Lord is the one who makes me stand. It's true. Okay, I'm going to pray and I'm going to close and dismiss, but man... We're so loved of the Father. We're unique in this generation. And we all think like John was unique and Peter was unique. And they were. They were in their generation. They were bringing Christ and the kingdom of God into a place where it wasn't. They didn't and they do not have a greater mandate than we do. They have the same mandate. Go into all the world and preach this gospel wherever you find yourself. Cleanse the leper. Spiritual leprosy is a real thing. It really is. And that's what it says. Cleanse the leper. Cast out devils. Because devils are devils. It's true. They're not powerful. They're not mighty. They're not. They're deceivers. The Scripture says all authority, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto Jesus. And another Scripture says in the book of Colossians that it pleased God that the full Godhead should dwell in Christ. And then the next verse says, and you are complete in Him. The complete deity of who God is is found and dwells in Christ. And then it says that we're complete in Him, which means that it's complete in us. Amen. So Lord Jesus, I just want to thank You. I want to thank You. But Father, I just pray that, that every person in the sound of my voice, not even just in this church, but through Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, uh, through CDs, 
however they hear this message. Father, I ask you that this message would carry your presence with it. That it just wouldn't be a message, but that you would impart the presence with the message. That it would bring them into that relationship. That they would begin to see themselves different. Not as sinners, not as unrighteous. And anywhere in their lives that they receive the grace of God in vain, that that emptiness would just be broken off and that it would be filled with the real substance of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that all grace is abounding towards this body. I thank you that all the grace of God is abounding towards the church keeler and the body there. And I thank you, Father, that there's been times where uh, the enemies laughed at us when we fell, but uh, he's not laughing now. I thank you that we're strengthened with all might in our inner man by your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that all your love abound towards us. I thank you that with the sacrifice of Jesus, you didn't hold back any of your love, any of your devotion to us. But that with that sacrifice, you also freely gave us your whole being. I thank you, Father, that we're complete in you and you're complete in us. And I ask you, Father, as, as we just leave this place, that every person in this place, Father, that this would just be an extraordinary day of breakthrough for them. That the things that's been resisting your body, not only this place, but throughout the earth, that uh, those strong places that have made themselves giant, that today would be the day where your church picks up the littlest stone to slay the mightiest giant. We thank you that stone is your word. And we thank you, Father, that with the sword, just like David did with Goliath, that we'll be able uh, to take the head off the giant which leaves the rest of the body dead. So we just thank you for that. And we thank you for victory. We thank you, Father, that we are already more than conquerors. We're not trying to become conquerors. We thank you that this is what we've been made in Christ. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.